three, <laughs> two. <laughs> yeah, your commitment, uh, your commitment to this shit. That's the one thing I learned in college. In three, <laughs> two. Uh-huh, it's all shit. It's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not going to let it go down like that because we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. It's all shit. It's all shit. Mm, it's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A S. This shit is trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality TV. Yes, and speaking of reality TV, um, I want to issue a formal apology to everyone <laughs> who started watching mm. Big Brother because of us and this podcast. Uh-huh. Um, now, you and I are officially committed for the summer, Yeah, but wow, is that one piece of shit show. I have never hate-watched something so hard in my life. I, I am hate-watching. So, uh, the hate, I feel, is is deep, and I, it's seething, and I'm, I guess I'm loving it. I think that we have... What it, what it's giving me is, a, is I'm reminiscing back to um, having to watch things for People's Couch. Uh-huh. Because we've never watched something of our own free will that we hated this intensely. And I keep uh-huh. having to check in with our, mm-hmm. our big brother mentor who's Ann Morris. Right. And I have, I'll text her things like this. Um, am I supposed to hate everyone in the cast? And how long <laughs> does that last? Cause I don't know that Julie and I can do this three times a week mm-hmm. with the level. And she's like, yeah, no, no, no. That's very normal. That's very normal. Like I have a disease called, yeah, called, right. the, called the douche brother. Disease. Call- <laughs> it's very common. A lot of people experience that in the first two weeks of the show, and you just have to work through it, and after the third week, the nausea will just become part of your everyday yeah. routine, okay? And you know what else is having an intense trigger for us? Now, I'm moving in here like in a week, mm-hmm. but for now, we're doing our normal standard watching, which is where we watch and we text the whole time. Yeah. And we were very violently triggered <laughs> again by the whispering. Oh. The whispering does make me nauseous. Makes you physically nauseous. I'm not going to admit that I like you. I'm just going to say. I'm not going to admit that I like you. We're going to do these alliance. What's the name of our thing? We're the the, the 670-saxers. Let's be the 675-ers. Okay, somebody's coming, but like, just so you know. I'm not talking about it. And then they're like. Yeah. And they start kissing. And it's like, ew, you're going to whisper and kiss. Barf. That that was disgusting. That was that was like a horror movie. That was disgusting. The whispering I, I had to fast forward. At are least we going to talk about it more on the Patreon or are we not allowed to do it? Um, I'm not sure yet. We can talk but we are we're not going to talk about it here. I just wanted to issue the apology and for anyone who's signed on, we are going to do it and we understand that it's awful. Just awful. Just um, awful. I um yeah, horrible. Hate them. I hate them all. I hate every <laughs> single one of them. I hate them. I really do. I know that that's a deep term, but as far I'm sorry, it's I don't true. know what to say. I don't know what to say. I'm the, yelling. The fact that eight million people watch it, and then I'm looking at each person that's cast, and I'm like, 
you basically got cast on like a huge show yeah that's been around for a million years yep. how did you get cast we can't even get two lines on like big bang theory not one not one line <laughs> not one line we can't even cross in the background nope can't even cross can't even uh, no 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 <laughs> Nope, nope, can't get anything. Can't get one thing. So that's fine. That's fine. Um, swaggy C. So I also want to apologize for last week. Um, my friend Richard texted me after listening and said, were you guys cracked out or what? Because you guys are really on one. <laughs> and I said, actually, we, we, we don't ever like do any drugs before the podcast. No. And no. like we drink. I my guess that's God. considered getting high of a sort. But we don't do any drugs before the podcast. I would die. I wouldn't be able to do that. We've definitely, I mean, I've definitely done it. Still drunk and drunk. New, new drunk yes. and still drunk from new the night drunk before. and classic drunk. Never have we done any any drug in any format prior to doing the podcast. No, no. So we're more professional than that, guys. We might have stayed up all night doing plenty of drugs and then woken up an hour later and done the podcast. I did take a painkiller today. Okay. Well, last me, 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 me. I had to. I had to. I had to. I was dying. I was dying. Last week, the problem was that I was in my severe summer hangover. And (laughs) Julie went out and she was too. And she went out and she likes to shop for beverages like she's shopping for shoes. (laughs) And she found some hangover cure. Yeah. That was a little shot. It was like an eight ounce shot that you you shoot. And it was Mm -hmm. like B12 and fucking ginseng yeah and all this shit and Mm -hmm. we just got i i think later i said she's like did that hangover thing was it me or did that work i'm like yeah except for we got cracked out (laughs) as fuck and we're sounding insane i had a great time so i don't know what anybody's talking about good well i know you love talking about jesus and i do love talking about jesus so um Anyway, I just wanted to i wanted to clear the air on that because even i couldn't (laughs) listen to it so i was like wow we are too intense this week i enjoy it i love a rage i love a rant (laughs) i love a passionate you know yelling or whatever i thought it was fun we had laughs i have no problem with it well i'm still hungover i'm on a new hangover and we didn't have any of that special stuff this week (laughs) i just noticed this by the way oh i never changed the (laughs) fucking date god damn it um okay Mm. we're gonna talk about julie's b-day and all her gifts next week okay um, because there was lots of gifts. We're not going to go into too much detail. Okay. But you got a lot of gifts. It was amazing. It was so awesome. Thank you. But we will talk. We will be more specific next week. Yeah. But I will say that, like, we sat and I opened every single thing. I loved every single thing. Everything was special. <laughs> it was awesome. It was really great. Um, but for someone else's birthday, we want to send a shout out to Jennifer Ton. She's a member of our Patreon podcast, and her birthday is on July 8th. Mm. So we love her and her sister Paris, who messaged us through Patreon, and she told us about Jennifer's birthday. Now, Mama, we have another Patreon member named Paris who did the Google Hangout with us, but this is a, isn't her. This is a different Paris. Oh. Just, just so you know. Um, wow. Who knew that there'd be two people named Paris? I know. It's so great. That's already makes me excited. Dearest Julie and Brandy, huge favor to ask. My sister, Jennifer Tan, who is also a huge fan and fellow Patreon's birthday, is coming up on July 8th. She's the one who got me hooked on you guys, and she's an all-around amazing person and sister. It would be amazing if you guys gave her a birthday shout-out. I would offer my firstborn, but I don't have kids because they suck. But I'm a waxer, so I can wax Julie's pubes in trade if she can't get into laser, and I will buy you copious amounts of drugs if you're ever in Oregon. You ladies are a ray of sunshine on a cloudy day. Never change. I love you both. Happy birthday, Jennifer. Happy birthday, Jennifer. Happy birthday. 
Happy birthday, happy birthday, Jennifer. And in Paris, turns out, sweetie, we are going to be in Oregon. That's right. We're so, going to be in Portland, Oregon, July 20th to the 22nd. Um, I don't know the state of Julie's pubes. I'm sure they will be on fleek and bushing out. But I know this. You are welcome to bring us drugs to the live podcast, my friend. I would feel a little insecure if somebody who listened to the podcast looked at my pubes. Oh, I remember um, Jessica Simpson saying, I don't get waxed and I don't get laser and I don't get anything because I'm not letting... A rant, like just a person, look at my pussy because I don't know I mean, what it's, they want. It's a good who point. Their it is a good point. It's like they better be have been, like coming in from Yugoslavia, been living like <laughs> under a rock, and they've never seen a TV. And then maybe I'll let them like. Wax it's a good me. point. Yeah, I can't. I'm. I will only go to the place that we go to because they're alleged nurses. Oh, but they did. They have recognized. I know, and, and it's then horrifying. And like, your friend. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about this right now. I'm holding my asshole open for you to laser. I mean, literally, okay, turn over and hold your cheeks. I'm like, you're, you're. But we will accept drugs from Paris at the show, won't we, ma'am? Yeah, we, we sure won't do will. Them. We won't do them before, but no. we'll do them directly after. Yes. That is correct. Actually, I have to host something right after. So after that, thank Yes, and I think I have a show that. Well, whatever that. <laughs> there's Saturday. The Saturday, it's like we each have a show, and it's the podcast, and I have a show on Sunday. When is that? That is July twentieth and twenty first. Okay, so Tw- you- I'm sorry, twenty first and twenty second, and then we leave the twenty third. Okay, so it's a Portland Queer Comedy Festival. So come out, come see, come Jesse, to the Portland Queer Comedy Festival. Do a lot, gay guys and their feelings live, and see us, and we'll. Um, We'll all sit around and be like, we're like, we'll smoke pot and pretend we like care about Vietnam and shit. Like, isn't that what they know? They didn't do that in Portland. Yeah, I mean, and it's in Portland. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. They're smoking pot. Yeah. They're walking around with fucking. They're the. I mean, they're growing pot, smoking it's pot. It's Portlandia twenty four seven. It's Portlandia twenty four seven. Yeah. Some bitch told me that she's just. She was like, uh, I can't like really get drunk tonight because I have to do my dragon racing tomorrow. And I was like, <laughs> what? What's that mean? That means she gets in. They there's a race that they do there. They get in boats. In actual boats that are fashioned like dragons or something, and they race them. Too bad if she wasn't going to chase the dragon, because then I could get down. (laughs) Feel free to do that with us. Um, (laughs) Um, In pill format, anyway, or I don't know if there's any other format besides actual real heroin of chasing the dragon. There's only pill and... They should make a heroin cream. <laughs> they should. How about that? Heroin, How about a heroin cream. But you Just know, rub pot, it on. Pot at this point is like heroin. That shit is so... I can't do it. Damn Cannot. strong. I can't. Nope. Um, yeah, bring us some dirt weed <clears throat> if you do. Don't bring us the chronic. I can't have anything strong. Don't bring us the Portland oxychronic. Okay? No. Nope. We want, we want brown weed that someone forgot about and left out <laughs> for the last 10 years. Yeah, where you barely, it's almost just like it, like, it makes you, it's just like it gives you like a, like a, I don't even know. Exactly. Like a, a, just a, a tiny. A, sh- a shadow of a, of yeah, a high. Yeah, just a tiny. Yeah. A little. Microdose. A, a, a kiss. A kiss of high. Yeah. We like that with anything. I just take everything too far. Um, <laughs> let's get to Eye of the Shit Storm. Shit take some shit. Put it up on the wall. Check it out for a while. You take that shit up off of the wall. Put it down on the floor in a glass bowl. You take some buck. Put it up on the wall where the shit used to be. All right. So this week, the eye of the shitstorm was a Supreme Court shitstorm. Mm. And when the Supreme, a Supreme, it was a, a crunch wrap. It was Supreme. a crunch wrap Supreme Court shitstorm. <laughs> and when a crunch wrap Supreme Court takes a shit. We all get hit 
with the fecal. It's the <laughs> highest court in the land and powerful as fuck. They basically get the final say over every court case that involves federal law, which um, whether it originates at the state level or not. Their power is secondary to pretty much only Donald Trump. And since he's the only one as president who gets to elect Supreme Court judges, we fucked. We fucked, bitch. It's called Be Best. We fucked. <laughs> it's called Be Best. We fucked. Yeah. Okay. You know what? We have a new campaign um, like thing called We Fucked. We fucked. <laughs> when you know that the Supreme Court is going to fuck you, it's called We Fucked. Yeah. I mean, when you know that the Supreme Leader is picking out shitty Supreme Court judges, you fucked. <laughs> so normally it doesn't matter because Supreme Court judges are elected for life and most of those motherfuckers never retire. No. They, um, they hang on for dear life literally and figuratively to the bitter end. Mm-hmm. The last one who randomly kicked the bucket was Antonin Scalia. <laughs> Longtime listeners of this podcast will remember that until the day he died, I actually thought he was two people. <laughs> Anton and Scalia. And I thought he was a steakhouse. <laughs> so... um. Although he died while Obama was still president, the Republicans blocked Obama from appointing his replacement, holding out until after the election when Donald Trump appointed Neil Gorsuch, the proud, probably closeted (laughs) owner of a gold convertible Mercedes. You may look that up. He does have a gold Mercedes. So after Trump brought in Neil, Neil, I mean, (laughs) every time, every time, Neil Neil. Gorsuch, the court's political breakdown was pretty even. There are nine total judges, and it just so happens that four are liberal, four are conservative, and the one in the middle is the median justice, in quotes. The median justice holds a dick ton of power because they are the swing vote. The median justice we have now is a guy named Anthony Kennedy. Judge Kennedy has been in the Supreme Court for 30-something years, and his swing vote has decided every single important issue from same-sex marriage to abortion to the damn Muslim travel ban. I wow. Mean, so here's where the shitstorm started, if anyone is still listening. <laughs> Justice Anthony Kennedy just announced his retirement. Lord knows who's blackmailing him or what his damage is. Because he's certainly not old enough to retire I from mean, the Supreme Court. And you know what? You can fucking wait two months, asshole. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess November's not two months away, but it's how many months? August, September, October, November. Yeah, four, four months. months. You can wait four months. Four months passes in the blink of the night. Look, it's already half the year's over. Exactly. I'm still, like, hungover from New Year's. Yep. So, since he just announced his retirement, that means Trump gets to appoint his replacement. That, that Now, that makes two in the first two years this motherfucker's been president. He's I, I don't even, I can't even believe it. The most unqualified person <laughs> An unqualified person who's not only unqualified is um, being investigated for federal crimes, is unfit to be president. Possibly is a traitor. Possibly a traitor. Like, In bed with another, you know. I mean, and he's going to be allowed to appoint a Supreme Court justice. So he definitely isn't going to be replaced by someone in the middle. He'll undoubtedly be replaced by a very conservative asshole. And that means the ideology of the su- Supreme Court as a whole will now shift considerably to the right, which is ironic considering it means we will all start losing rights. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) excuse you. It's so disturbing, honestly, because, and it's so bizarre that right now, so of course the thing that they're all talking about is Roe versus Wade, and Donald Trump said when he was campaigning, the second that I am able to put a judge on the Supreme Court, then I'm going to do it, I am, go- I am going to overturn Roe versus Wade. No, he didn't it say that. Le- he said, I'm going to only appoint judges who will do that. So it's and, inevitable. He right. He said it's inevitable because I will not appoint anyone that's not pro-life 
and that will inevitably then happen. And that's actually turns out to be a fact. He's only looking at only period people that are pro-life. And that's it. To be fair, I don't think every conservative or religious person is an asshole. I love Lindsey Graham and he's conservative and religious. Yep. And a lot of my family, I mean, love is a strong word, but I mean, I feel I, I feel affection for them. And they, a lot of them, my like extended family are religious and conservative. But to be a judge at the highest court and be extremely re- religious, I believe, is a conflict of interest. I just do. Yes, it is. It, it is a conflict of interest. It's automatically going to prejudice that person yeah. in every case regarding gay rights, yes. period. Yes. Um, or any rights regarding a religion different than theirs. Like, yes. imagine that's the reason the travel ban held up. Yeah. Because if you if you have five people who are extremely religious out of a nine, you know, judge court. Yeah. They're not going to b- care about Muslim people's rights. They're not. They only care about, I guess, in, in unborn babies' rights. Well, especially if you're the kind of religious that believes that your religion is the only religion to All have. All religions are like that. But some, you could, some people would say to you, like, I'm religious, but, like, well, I'm I Unitarian mean, I mean, or I'm... E- evangelical, conservative yes, religion. Evangelical, conservative fundamentalists believe that their religion is the only religion and the, the, their belief system is the only belief system. So there's not going to be any room for anything else. So this guy Kennedy believes his he believes his legacy is secure. Clearly, Gur, because he's he's re- retiring. Reminds me, my dad retired when I was in high school. And can I can just tell you <laughs> that is so uncool. Like you're that you're that fucking tired, motherfucker. You have a person. You have a child in high school, and you're retiring. I'm like he he deserves for me calling saying he was my grandpa when he would roll up with his gray hair when I was in like an elementary school day he'd have gray hair and I'd be like that's my grandpa he deserves it because he retired when I was in high school so this guy reminds me of my dad of course he's like he's just so tired I mean we don't know maybe he has some kind of sickness that we don't know about or maybe someone close to him is yes sick. I think the sickness is called blackmail <laughs> I think the sickness is called blackmail blackmail blackmailian blackmailian yeah I mean this is so blackmancer this this <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this he is has terminal black mancer. So you guys, <laughs> and his wife might have it too. So I don't know. Well, his son definitely has it too. So oh, yeah. his family, that's right, all has the black mancer. Yeah, because there's no way that a Supreme Court justice, and as we know, and like you said before, Anton and Scalia, both of them died. That's right. And also, both if you died. look at picture a picture of the Supreme Court when they take a picture of them. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Every time. Ruth, Ruth Bader. Bader. Ruth God. Alligator Ginsburg is hanging name. off Ruth. the side of her wheelchair. She it, cannot sit up straight. No. I mean, she looks... Like, and now, granted, she's like super old and she works out every day, apparently. And she's like... Well, Leah told she us is, she works out. I'm like, by doing what? Finger lifts? <laughs> Whatever has to keep her mind active, she's doing it because she's like, I am not going to leave this court until I die here because I will not let these men control women. I mean, she's hanging on. I know she is. Hanging. If anyone is to retire, it's her. Of course. That's what I said. Bitter and honey. And Kennedy is going to retire? I know. You're not retiring. You're being blackmailed. And his son works for Deutsche Bank, which is totally, totally in bed with Trump. They loaned him 900 gazillion Russian dollars. Yep. And the son is like in charge of that. And it's like, no, okay, all right. Well, he's going to get his because I guess there was this thing with Sandra Day O'Connor like back in the early 2000s. That bitch decided she needed to retire. And even though we said, I mean, it does rarely happen. So, mm-hmm. but this is the reason because she retired. She thought her legacy was safe. Then I guess some guy named Samuel Alito, Ugh, came, Alito. came in yeah. 
and literally like one by one undermined every achievement that she had done and she was sitting there just behind the scenes like super pissed off like that everything was being undone and i was like okay well i guess you should have stayed yeah. working while i was in high school dad right. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay sandra day o'connor sandra doris day o'connor yeah so trump has choosing out of a list of 25 they're mm-hmm. all like we said conservative mm-hmm. pro-life mm-hmm. he's said he's not even going to ask them like in his interview bullshit he's already interviewed four Lies. and he's supposedly considering two women and i definitely think he's going to do a woman because agreed he, he is not going to pass up the opportunity to gloat yes act cool yep and have a woman be pro-life oh he wants so. to fucking peacock around with and, his and listen, psycho and, fcia lady right and hey hey ladies ps hey ladies. btw yeah uh, for your consideration yeah you can be a lady and be sexist don't think you can't and also you can be a lady and be completely fucking yeah, a piece of shit self-hating so you want to hate yourself and you want men to control you okay go ahead and be pro-life well my boo Lindsey Lindsey graham. graham so he's a <laughs> senator from south carolina just to remind everyone he is pro-life um he went on um meet the press okay and he said that um, here's what he said. You don't over, this is a quote, you don't overturn precedent unless there's a good reason. You can be pro-life and conservative, but you can also believe in starry decisis. Yes. Okay, so right. starry, de- yeah. starry decisis is Latin for to stand don't by. Don't be an asshole. Yeah, to stand by things already decided. Yeah, it's for, it's it's already been decided, okay? It's Which, already been, it's already I mean, done, been decided. I mean, and not for nothing, but apparently nobody in this administration believes in starry decisis because you're right done gone done ahead and rebuked everything yeah it's true so in legal terms legal terms it means you you stay with precedent right but the supreme court overturns its own rulings all the time it has overruled more than 200 of its own decisions including the travel ban last fucking week so it happens constantly (sighs) and you know like no matter what promises they make, I mean, nobody's buying it. Nobody's buying buying it. And the level they're going in on Susan Collins, Susan Collins of Maine and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska are the two Republican women who are always deciding every thing. Like when they go and it comes right down to it, like Obamacare. Remember that Obamacare? I don't want to do that for him, though. I believe that I am a Republican, but I can also have rational thinking. She might so, have a disease. She's been wearing. Really. I am. Yeah. No. I think she definitely has it. I am yeah. getting slowly but surely obsessed with the bitch. Like she's becoming my new Lindsey Graham. She's so nice. She's so smart. Mm-hmm. Jake Tapper shamed her. Like he's like this. Everybody thinks you're you're bush, pushed around by everyone, mm-hmm. and you're gonna come in there and you're gonna pass someone who's pro life, and you're gonna believe that they're not gonna overturn Roe. They love to call it Roe. I'm like, don't nickname it Roe. Don't and also, and also, the they they've been asking everyone from Sarah Huckabee Sanders down, "Are you excited to get a conservative judge to reverse Roe versus Wade?" And now, finally, that it's happening, none of them will admit it. Nope. Like I don't un- that I don't understand. They all want to play. Why are you it cowarding if, like if that? If they don't play it off, the person won't pass through. They won't get the votes. It's so they're now going to play it off. Believable. Then Jake Tapper to. Susan Collins, that one. Yes. Hello, Jake. He's like, you get pushed around or whatever. And he's like, you know, 
if you let someone through, it is going to be on you and Lisa Murkowski. Yeah. And if that person gets through and they overturn Roe versus Wade, you, it's going to be on you. Your legacy is the one that's going to be destroyed. No one else. Nice. That's going to be on you forever. I was like, he is going in on this bitch. Her wig's about to pop off. <laughs> and she was like, you know what? She said, she's like, it's one thing to, to, to overturn things like the travel ban. And it certainly does happen, but that's another to come in and, um, you know, Brown versus the Board of Education and Roe v. Wade. These things have been there for like 40 fucking years. You don't roll in. And they've already not only have they been a president for 40 years, but they've also been reinforced as a president more than right, once. Right. So she's like, it's, it doesn't really happen that easily. And, you know, they're everybody's putting it to her like it's pretty much on you, son. And also Lisa Murkowski, the one from Alaska, is when she said no on Obamacare. Remember, he had Ryan Zinke. Yeah. So, in, oh, and try to bully her. Yeah. So, he, yeah. Trump had Ryan Zinke, his interior secretary, call and threaten her that she wasn't going to get any funds to Alaska. Mm. So she's not going to be that into right. supporting any of it. And they're both women, so that's good. Which is good, but, you know, I don't even... Tr- so many women are pro-life, though, and they just are so disappointing. And you I know? feel like those two seem like Republicans of old. They don't seem like crazy Jesus. You right, know? that's true. And I do get a feeling even from watching Lindsey Graham, like there is a thing that I think I'm seeing or maybe I'm projecting or I think I'm seeing it where it's like even I don't he. think you're capable of projecting like <laughs> like any kind of like common sense on uh, when it comes to religion onto people. So if, you, if you're feeling it, I think you're feeling it. I think even people who are pro-life who are smart, rational people and really st- if you if you really think about that getting overturned and the rights that will be t- taken away from women, I think you really, it really makes them uncomfortable. Yeah, like you that's are because that's what it's a political like like hanger. You know what I mean? They they right. have to say that they're pro life. Mm-hmm. Who's the lady I always say who is a vet who lost her legs and has Tammy to be, Duckworth? She said, and I had no idea. She said, if it wasn't for Roe versus Wade she couldn't have her kids because apparently because of Roe versus Wade, you can do infertility, like you can do IVF. Something with Roe v. Wade involves IVF. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so um, if that gets overturned, like I don't think IV, I think IVF will also be part of, Whoa. yeah, controlling. Oh. Yep, so. I mean, not for nothing. I mean, but, okay. <laughs> you know, if you can't have kids, you can't have kids. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. No, it's true, but, but, but it becomes a, yeah, it's, it's all tied in and, I don't believe that suburban women are down with... I I mean, they're really, like, a very small, overzealous group of people think they're representing... I don't believe suburban women feel this way across America. I just don't. Feel that... But you mean, like, pro-life? Yeah, I think... I think people like me, I'm a classic example of someone who's like, that's never going to get overturned. I refuse to get my heart involved in that. Like I, I'm not going to get all upset. I'm more. I think I'm more threatened by Planned Parenthood losing funding than I am about Roe v. Wade. But mm-hmm. and I know that women. That's what they think. If it does happen, I mean, I just think I honestly hope it kind of does, so I can have a good laugh and watch people's heads explode. <laughs> like um, that is like going straight back in time. Like let's go back to segregation. Too. Straight back in time. Yeah. But that's the thing. If they were to overturn that, why couldn't they then go and put segregation back? They could. Like, literally, that's the level of Roe versus Wade. Yeah. And if you don't think it is, yeah. you you aren't. I, I don't, don't I don't know what to say. Like, it is it is exactly that. They are controlling you. you. They are trying to control you. It's a constitutional right. I just like, don't think it's I don't think it's going to. I don't think anyone has the balls. Um. OK, well, now it's time for a very special edition of <sighs> the dossier. The president has a sex tape The government sold you drugs 
Okay, now it's time for the part of the show called The Dossier, where we update you on all things Trump Russia. We've done this segment a bunch of times, but today, girl, it has <laughs> definitely hit its peak. So when we created this segment last year, we had no idea we would ever get this close to the person who wrote the actual dossier. <laughs> yeah. And in case you don't know, don't care, or just don't remember, the infamous Trump-Russia golden shower dossier was compiled by a British spy named Christopher Steele. Right, that's right. Not Danielle Steele, but Christopher oh. Steele, just in case people were Maybe wondering. there's a distant relation. <laughs> yes, the dossier by Danielle Steele. You're welcome, Danielle Steele. Yeah, that's a romance That's novel. your next book. The dossier came about through many amalgamations, but ultimately the Hillary Clinton campaign hired a company called Fusion GPS to do research opposition on Donald Trump. Then Fusion GPS hired Christopher Daniel Steele. After the dossier and his authorship came to light last January, Steele briefly went into hiding. Technically, he's not in hiding anymore, but he's not talking to anyone publicly anyway. He's pretty much staying in his house and doing his best to avoid poisonous Russian doorknobs. But BuzzFeed, the website responsible for first publishing the dossier, is getting sued. And as we know with stupid Stormy Daniels' case, lawyers and lawsuits can force anyone out of the shadows and out of the closet, including mm -hmm. Christopher Steele. And it just so happens that we know the fucking lawyer <laughs> representing BuzzFeed, girl. Girl. We know the lawyer in, in the, the dossier, dossier case. Girl, we sure do. And it's goddamn surreal. I think he's literally the most successful person we know. Yeah. <laughs> like, as an actual success. We know extremely rich people, but they aren't necessarily accomplished or successful. Well, he's a defense attorney, and that's basically like a fake job from like, right. like Denzel, Denzel movies Boo, yeah. or OJ. Law and order. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no one we know actually goes and does that as a job. No. But we happen to know one single, <laughs> one single individual. And not only that, he's crazy good at it, rich, sought after, handsome, rich, famous, and rich. <laughs> so without further ado... Here to tell us all about his recent meeting with Christopher Steele, the author of the dossier, is the person who's going to help us when we eventually get sued, our friend, Roy Black. Hi, Roy. Good morning, ladies. I just have one objection. I yes. noticed you mentioned rich three or four times and handsome only once. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. That's true. So, That's true. No. It's priorities. Yeah. That's, right. That's, right. Right. That's right. Okay. So yes. listen, we try to approach this podcast... Like the 14 people who are listening don't know anything about the news. That way no one feels left out if they haven't been keeping up. So just start off by briefly explaining what the dossier is and what your lawsuit, what the lawsuit is. All right. There is a lot of background to this. I will try to make it as easy to digest as possible. <laughs> what happens is the DNC hires a law firm who hires Fusion D GPS, who hires Christopher Steele. Fusion GPS's job was to do a full background on Donald Trump because of all the rumors about his business operations and what have you. Fusion GPS did a whole investigation showing various ties Trump had to organized crime and money laundering, manipulation, and what have you. But one thing worried them is that Trump had traveled a lot to Russia but never seemed to have any real business there. And so they were interested in what's going on. They had worked previously with Christopher Steele, who was a MI6 uh, Russia expert and had spent time in Moscow and doing all that undercover stuff. And they said, look, just spend a couple of weeks, take a look at Trump's business dealings and tell us what is he really doing in Russia? Why is he going there? So Steele does that and... To his shock and amazement, he came across all this information about Russia manipulating the election, 
Russia having ties to the Trump people, and all of a sudden he's shocked that this is an ongoing crime. And what he does is he prepares 17 different memos, which we compile together and call the dossier, and he kept trying to get everybody to listen prior to the election. Look, this is dangerous. You guys got to do something. He goes to the FBI. He goes to the press. He does all this. And everybody's asleep at the switch. Finally, after the election's over, he's still pushing. Finally, it gets to uh, Obama, to uh, it, it's, uh, Trump is uh, briefed on it, and then BuzzFeed gets its hands on it. And 10 days before the inauguration, BuzzFeed publishes it. And I know they've been criticized for that, but if they hadn't published it to this day, nothing would be done about this. Yeah. So this is, a, this is the most serious, biggest electoral crime in the history of this republic. And we have been asleep at the switch. And it was only because of Christopher Steele, a British undercover spy, that we know about this. And we owe him a debt of gratitude. Why did he think it was an issue of national security, but no one else did? Like, why didn't our CIA and FBI, and even Obama, not think it was an issue of national security? Because they were intimidated by the election. What happened is Obama, the CIA, the FBI, they get this information. They knew independently think Russia was manipulating the election, but they were afraid of the fact that the election's coming up. They would be accused of manipulating the election or doing something like that. So Obama, being Mr. Careful, yeah. has hands off. The FBI was afraid to do anything. And Steele kept saying, listen, there's a crime going on here. You have to do something. And nobody would do anything. Wow. So now you just went to London. So you get hired because you're you. And you're like, fuck, this is cool. No, I, I, <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted this case because this is... This is seriously important yeah. dealing with our democracy. The Russians, there's no question, no matter what you believe about Trump, there's no question that the Russians manipulated our election. We cannot allow that to happen right. and remain free. And you read the dossier. Now, are you allowed to talk about what, what's in it or no? Sure. I well, the dossier was printed yeah. on BuzzFeed, but we was, so that's it. public. Yeah. Right, so yes. that's public But was much of it redacted or, or? No, only certain names were redacted and trying to protect certain people because both Steele, and this is Steele's biggest issue, and BuzzFeed and others don't want the Russians to be able to find out who the sources of information were. Right. Because they'll we be all know, They'll be instantly killed. Yeah, we all yeah. know what happens <laughs> yeah. with it. But by the way, Steele was the uh, handler of Litvienko, the guy who was killed by polonium yeah. by the Russians. By the doorknob. Oh, shit. That's not the doorknob. Oh. That's the one with they, they injected him with oh, radiation. No. This is before that. The doorknob ones are the recent ones, the father and daughter. Oh, yeah. But, but the Russians will go after you if you are a security risk to them. The Russians are adamant about that. And remember, Putin started out in the KGB, and then he became head of the FSB, which is the new generation of the KGB. Oh, I didn't know that. Before he became the new czar. So the FSB, which is the now re-energized KGB, is like his most important uh, organ of state. Wow. And so the Russians are serious about this, and we are not. And, and, and we ignore this to our detriment.
And now critics of the dossier, though, say that that because he paid some of those informants, that's why they a lot of people will say they don't think it's true. Has anything... This was Leah's suggestion. That's Leah cooking in the background, by the way. <laughs> she, has anything been disproven, like, or is it just we don't know if it's true? All right. Here, here's the facts. None of the sources were paid. Oh. Who was paid was Fusion GPS. Originally, Fusion GPS had been hired by some Republicans to go after Trump. After Trump won the primaries, of course, they lost interest. The DNC took it over. So they paid Fusion, who pays Steele. So Steele got paid to do right. his work. There's no question about that. But then he had, throughout his entire career, remember, he had spent time in Moscow, studied uh, Russian government, was fluent in Russian, and then became head of the Russia desk at MI6 in London. So he had all these sources of information, which he sought information about Trump. And this is what started coming in. And, and as I said, he was shocked when all this is coming in. So this was all done. Remember, this was not done to prove Russia and Trump were doing anything together. He came across this while looking at Trump's business ties because they wanted to go after the fact, what is he doing over yeah. there? You know, what, 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 what kind of business is it? Because there's all kinds of Russian money being used to buy condos and Trump Tower and all his other projects and this house, this billion-dollar house in Florida and all of that. So there was all this suspicion about it. That's what Steele was tasked to look at. The rest of this came because he was milking his sources and got the information. So now you're defending BuzzFeed, right, against a, what is it, a liable... Yes, what happened is there's one paragraph in, on page 34 of the dossier about a guy named Alexei Gubarov. And Gubarov has now sued BuzzFeed saying that that is false. And what that paragraph says is Gubarov and his affiliates hacked the DNC, mm. obtained the emails, which were then, of course, weaponized by... Uh, the Russians by sending it to WikiLeaks and then releasing it and destroying. Do you not have to prove that he did hack? Is that? Oh, I intend to prove that at the trial. (laughs) So that's that's the defense is that he did do it. Truth, right? Truth is a defense. Right. Okay. So, so um, if if you win or don't win, let's just say whatever happens. I mean, this isn't going to be some closed set. This trial. No, the trial is open to the public. The great thing about the American justice system is under the Sixth Amendment, all trials are public. They cannot do this behind closed doors. Now, the deposition I took in London, two courts ordered that everything be kept confidential about what he said. So I can't tell you exactly what he said, but I can tell you about Steele, what he looked like, and, and my conversation with him after the deposition. But I can't tell you what he actually testified to under oath. But it's not really that critical because I already know it from other sources anyway. And, but, and, when, and it'll come out in the trial, right? That, it'll come out in the trial. Do you think it's going to get all the way to trial? Yes, I do. So w- will this affect the White House? I mean, this is a big question I had. Like, this, this case yeah. really being just a fucking liable lawsuit, it's, this information, is, it's got to affect like, the Trump administration in some way, right? Ironically, I don't really think so, because this paragraph doesn't have anything to do with Trump. This paragraph deals with the FSB, which is the new KGB, corrupting Gubarov and his people to use their network. He owns a network of 
somewhere between 20 and 35,000 computer servers throughout the world. The wow. allegation is that he was corrupted by the FSB so they could hack into the DNC. There's no question that the Russians hacked into the DNC. There's no question they stole the emails, and there's no question they turned them over to WikiLeaks. The only question is, how was it accomplished? So they're not accusing Trump of doing this, though. So mm. this trial's not going yeah, okay. to be about Donald Trump, Who as could, much as I would like it yeah. to be. Isn't there, a, isn't there a, could we bring a lawsuit? <laughs> yeah, just to make it. Just to like, what, could, what kind of lawsuit could we create with the dossier, knowing what we, you know, or we all know, to be true? I mean, how, if it's public information that these things happen or... Or is it not public information that he colluded? Do we not know that? From well, the that's yet? the problem. Like that's what Mueller is working on. Remember that there's, there's no doubt that the Russians did this. The question is, right. did the Trump organization know about it right. and work in conjunction with them? You know, like Trump right. saying, please find the 33,000 emails and right. help me out to get elected. Yeah. But everything that's been disclosed in the last year and a half since the dossier has been published, has only corroborated that, not disproved it. So, for example, did Carter Page go to Moscow, as the uh, mm -hmm. dossier say? Did uh, 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 Donald J. Trump Jr. <laughs> meet with Russians at Trump Tower? Right, did yeah. uh, you know, Michael Cohen actually manipulate things on behalf of Donald Trump? Oh, shock that that so, would well, happen. Michael Cohen Did flips. Michael Flynn, the national security advisor, not only did he go to Moscow and meet with the Russians, he gave a speech at former KGB headquarters. Can you imagine an Amer a lieutenant general from the United States going and giving a speech at the most secretive intelligence yeah. building in Russia. How did that come about? Every time, and by the way, every time one of these Trump people get caught lying about meetings, who was in the meeting? Russians. Every time. <laughs> they're, like, they're like cockroaches. Yeah. Every time you look, they, they're there. So With all the Trump people. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, those cockroaches too. But putting that aside, I mean, that's why this is why this is so serious. What is because time and time again, things have not only not been disproved, but they've been, been proven. Proof. And Mueller indicted the inter Internet Research uh, Agency that the Russians set up with this whole trolls, building right? full of people manipulating yeah. social media yeah. and Facebook and all of that. I mean, this is, this is mind-boggling. And people are sitting around thinking, oh, this is just politics. Not just dumb gay politics. Right. It's just politics. <laughs> it is dumb this gay is politics. Not, shady Russian politics. This is not politics. This is war. This right, is yeah. cyber war. We are under attack, and we have to do something about it. What do you think people need? What do they need? What else do you think that they need? Like everything, you know what I mean? It's like you had Carter Page, you have Michael Flynn, you have Michael Cohen, you have all the things, you have every single thing. Every single, like, what do people do you think that they need? What could we prove? Or what do they have to see? What do we have to see? You know what I mean? Like, what, what more do you think even, or legally, legally, legally speaking, let's say. Uh, it, legally speaking, exactly. what, what did she say? She said the P-tape. Oh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of, I mean, is yeah, that, that corroborated or what? Well, <laughs> what I would, <clears throat> the, the good thing about that tape, it would have the highest ratings in the history yeah. of Who's commercial television. Why is someone yeah. showing He'd that tape? That. But seriously, what legally... 
Well, we're we going to get to like oh, to, to well, impeach. That's like a later question. You have to understand or this is politics. There's 30% of Americans who will not believe anything. Remember what Trump said? I could shoot somebody in the middle that's of true. Fifth Avenue. You won't believe it. it. I think that's true. Here we have all this evidence that comes out, and yet you have people saying, well, what, do you, what collusion? You right. have people in Congress writing reports. You've got Devin Nunes and yes, his exactly. conspirators <laughs> out there Scott. saying there's nothing there. Right. What are you talking about? What more do you need? An invasion? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. This what is an electronic invasion. What well, let's, more do you let's need? talk Christopher Steele. Okay. Yes. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I get carried no, away. No, it's, it's, no. It's, it's... So, um, what, did he look like he stressed out? <laughs> Christopher Steele is the quintessential undercover spy, if you would see him. He's about medium height, looks like an average person, you would never recognize him in a crowd. If you had to sum him up in one word, it would be gray. Because yeah. that's, that's, yeah. how, that's how these guys are. You can't be 6'8 and be an undercover yeah. spy. He is the classic undercover spy. And very, very close to the best. I mean, mm. I would need to send him to Guantanamo to get him to say <laughs> hello without a court order. I'm telling you, he is very careful. And the scene... Mm at this deposition was just unbelievable because he shows up with five barristers and an American lawyer. Uh-huh. The Crown, which is, they call the Crown, but it's really representing the security agencies, had two barristers that there. That is so cool. We had three or four. The plaintiffs had three or four. There were more lawyers in that building than there were in the courthouse <laughs> next door. And, and, and it was like a, a war trying to get an answer to a question because there were so many lawyers involved. And any time the Crown mm. said anything, nothing could be done because there's the Official Secrets Act, which he is a signator to and he has to follow. He cannot say anything that might implicate mm. national security in the United Kingdom. And so he was uh. very limited as to what he could say. He did say things that we are going to use at the trial. But trust me, this was an arduous process. You will, you will, I mean, it's like dental work trying to get it. So an when answer. they make the movie of this, they're going to have to really spruce up the, the, the scene, scene to make yeah. it like <laughs> exciting, a little punchy. Yeah, well, you, you guys probably have I mean, to like, he himself yeah. is getting personally sued. Yes. Like, not in this thing, but he's right he's, in London. He is. Yeah. Yeah. So, we need, we need. Sean, Sean Connery yeah. To, <laughs> yeah. to play the role. Yeah. Does, exactly. he ha- does he have a family or is he the kind of yes. guy that has to... He does. No, he has a wife and children. So he does. Yes, he does. So, so, he seems, so okay. he's living a normal life. Can you tell us what you said to him in front of the 20,000 lawyers? Yes, but after the deposition was <laughs> over and it was no longer... I'll tell you exactly what I said to him. I said that... Uh, I said, uh, Mr. Steele, you are a hero. And I am honored to be in this room with you. You will go down in history as having performed an extremely important function. You have tried against all the odds to get this story out, that you have told everybody you can, and you've been ignored time and time again. And, and I congratulate you on your persistence in doing this, trying to do it. It's not even your country. Yeah. And you were here reporting this, not getting paid for it, by the way. He got paid for the research about yeah. Trump up to the election. After that, he's not getting paid. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is since he continued to tr- beat his head against the wall for free, and he, he clearly was fine with being a game changer at that time, do you, 
think now that he regrets it and wishes he just didn't well, the, bother? The part that I think he regrets is not necessarily thrusting himself into it because, you know, there's a time in life we all have to take a stand. And, and, and if you have any courage and background, you have to take that stand when it comes about. And what could be more important than this? Yeah. But I think the, the part that we had the big battle with him over, and I think he hates my client for publishing this, is he's worried that his sources will be mm. identified. And he does not want to be responsible for people getting killed. And by the way, there, have, there was a, a FSB general that was found dead in his car at the end of December. And, yeah. Uh, was he in his trunk? Was he in his trunk? Yeah, in the trunk of the car. Yeah. Yeah. I, somehow I don't think that's suicide. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, that, that's the whole thing. And, and, and the, one of the big battles we had in the British courts, and particularly with Steele, is something called jigsaw identification. They, they kept saying is the real problem. The Russians will take little bits of information from where coming out anywhere oh, and put together the out. picture and yeah. figure out who these people are. That's what he's worried about is it's... Anything coming from him that would give them yeah. any kind of a pathway to finding out who gave this information. I do think it's hypocritical for him to go to the Times and all these places and then now be mad at BuzzFeed that they did exactly what he asked people to do. Well, I, I, I think that I agree with that because I, I think what BuzzFeed's position is, it's not that they published the dossier for the facts in it. They published it because... It had been briefed to two presidents. Everybody in Washington was talking about it. All the security agencies. And BuzzFeed's position is, this is so important that it's being talked about in the highest, highest levels of our government. The American people deserve to know what they were talking about. And guess what? And I intend to tell the jury this. If this dossier had not been published, what do you think people would think about Comey's firing? or all these kind of things. They'd all brush it under the rug. It would be nothing. It was this dossier and the publication of it that got the attention of a certain percentage of the public and have helped drive this. And that's what got Mueller appointed as special counsel. That got the grand jury investigation, got the FBI energized to look into this and do something. And if it had not been published, none of this would have happened. We wouldn't know the Russians tampered with the election. I mean, without even just Trump, it's like... Yes. It's all because of that. Putting, no one was putting aside attention. Trump, they yeah. manipulated the election. Yeah. There's no question about that. Are there any crimes that Trump committed that he said in the dossier? Well, what he says is that there's collusion between... So he does say that in yes, the dossier, that there's the Trump, collusion. He's got to uh, say money laundering or embezzlement or something too, right? No, 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 there's no. it's not really talking... Well, there's money laundering, but that's all the Paul Manafort. What happened? Oh, Paul Manafort, who Paul ironically <laughs> becomes what? Trump's campaign yeah. manager is the representative of the former president of the Ukraine who flees right. and goes, hangs out with his buddy Putin, and Manafort is getting untold millions of dollars and, and, and laundering that through various ways. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was, and, oh, that's right. I mean, that's not going to matter, but there was that whole thing about Mitt Romney and Tillerson, yes. right? I know. That, that's a lot of speculation. may be true, it may not, but that has really nothing to do with the dossier. But Manafort... Here's, here is Steele in real time reporting all this, and it all turns out to be true. And right? It's all corroborated. Manafort has now been indicted three times yeah. for doing things like this. You've got Michael Flynn pled guilty. Carter Page is under investigation. 
We have the oh, FBI getting FISA warrants. Which one? The guy we're forgetting, he's young, he has like a little bit of acne, he has a rush. Papadopoulos. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's oh, pled right. guilty. Oh, that's yeah, right. he's guilty yeah, too. He's pled guilty too. All dealing with Russia. Is that just a, everything that Steele said was going on has now been corroborated? Not everything, because we don't know everything Mueller has, but what more corroboration do you want? Michael Flynn has pled guilty. Do you think that because of the the, the golden shower and the, the hookers in the bed, do you think that actually like made the, the document less credible and the memos less credible because that was so sensational and everybody grabbed onto it? Like if that part wasn't in there, do you think it would have been taken more seriously or do you just think he had some Russian hookers piss on the Obama bed? The, the simple answer to that is yes. <laughs> that, that, is, that sensationalized it. But he got this information, so he reported. He didn't... He didn't expect that that would be in the national news. But well, he was really he sleeping. We're not Britain, honey. That's all we care about. Of course. That's, that's all anybody really cares about is Russian hookers urinating on a bed at the Ritz Hotel uh, while Donald Trump watches. And, oh, my God. And, and I don't know why, but I find it very easy to, to visualize to that it? happening. Yeah. yeah. What we know about Donald Trump, do you think Donald Trump would actually do that to Obama and Michelle Obama? Yes. Yes. Right? Especially of yes. course he would. Yes. It definitely got proven that he uh, was being sent hookers. Like, they, and right. they can, you know, there was like a whole thing. It's like Putin kept trying to send him hookers. And so, um, was there anything that you read in the dossier that shocked you? Well, I think the whole thing shocked me about yeah. what was going on with our government. And, and that's what Steele said in, in the, you know, the uh, Glenn Simpson, who runs Fusion GPS, testified at the House and Senate Intelligence Committees and repeated his conversations with Steele. So that's why I, I can tell you it said that Steele was shocked. He was utterly shocked about what he found. And, and this was just like mind-boggling to him, and he had to report it. And ironically, this stuff, you know, the DNC paid for it and never got it. Right. They would have been loved to have right. released this. But what happened, it was evidence of a crime. And Steele, being the kind of person he is, reports it to the authorities. Mm -hmm. he, I think uh, my, my favorite piece of testimony from Simpson was, this was like watching a robbery in progress and calling 911. That's what Steele did. He was calling right. 911. And no one came. And nobody answers. <laughs> right. That does happen in LA. A recording comes on. Oh, really? They go press one. I'm like, what? For rate? Yeah, two right. for... Press... <laughs> it's so press, weird. Press three for a stolen election. Yeah, yes. Exactly. <laughs> and what yeah. the hell is Fusion GPS? Are you a GPS company? Are you, yeah. like, what are you? Are you well, what Asian happened Fusion? is two Wall Street Journal reporters created Fusion GPS. And what happened, it, it was really an, a research firm. So they oh. do a lot of litigation research. So they'll get hired by law firms. And, and we do this periodically to do a deep dive into people. Find me everything you can find in every database in the world about John mm -hmm. Doe, who's mm -hmm. an important witness. Mm -hmm. Now, this is very expensive to do, by the way. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> because it's not just Google. I mean, you have to go yeah. into there. There are many public databases of information and trying to connect it all together and what have you. But Simpson was that kind of a guy. He was an investigative reporter for the Wall Street Journal. So that was his uh, long suit. On a personal note, yeah. do you watch law shows? Well, actually, I'm friends with David Kelly. So I liked all of David Kelly's shows. David. I love, I watched every one of the practice. 
of Boston Legal. Yes. I love those shows. And what, what the reason I liked it is that Kelly is the only guy who, generally speaking, understood the system. He went to law school and practiced for maybe two years, but that's not why. But he intuitively understood how persuasion worked. And I would love, particularly Boston Legal, because you would always get James Spader at the end of the show giving this final argument, summing up everything that I believed in and arguing to the jury. It, it was, I love those shows. I love them too. <laughs> and you're from Boston. And so. I'm from Boston. Okay, yes. But, but Kelly, Kelly was, he's the best. is the genius the when it one. comes to that. Yes, he is the best legal writer Nobody That's else is even in the same universe. Okay, well, tell our 14 listeners where they can find you on social media if you want them to. Well, you know, I used to do a lot on Facebook and had many thousands of followers, and I did a lot of essays. I stopped that because it took up too much time. And then I didn't do anything for it. I did Twitter for a short period of time, then gave that up. And then today I, I only do Instagram. Okay, so what, okay. you didn't tell us your Instagram name. Is it like Roy Black? That's it? I think it's it's... Roy Black Miami. I'm not sure my secretary sent put it out, but I I very rarely post anything. Yeah, well, I you guys find Roy research. on Instagram and leave comments on his thing and say, hey, or you can say talk to Roy through Leah's Instagram. Leah's Leah Black Miami. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, yeah, or oh, yeah, on Twitter, same. Yeah, she's on Twitter. Yeah, 24 just go hours on and say tell Roy we said hi. <laughs> Any feedback for Roy, you can either find him or go on Leah Lynn and and he can you know. Or you can email me. Oh, yeah, what's your email? rblack at royblack.com. <laughs> yeah, yes. email him. I'm sure people are going to be really into it. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. And let's, well, just, let's just be inspired. Let's be sexy yes, and excited. Let's be excited about how Roy said Trump is here till 2020. <laughs> yes, yes. Cheers. Now it's time for So There's That. Okay, this is the part of the show where I force Julie to find a so there's that moment, which is something that's happening in spite of or because of the shitty political climate. She hates doing it to the point of, I sometimes wonder if it's the actual bane of her existence, but many of our 14 listeners say this is their very favorite part of the show, and I'm thinking now that that might just be because I finally shut the fuck up and let you talk, <laughs> No, but um, it's fine. I believe it's healthy for all of us anyway. So, um, come on, bitch. What you got, it's bitch? It's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. I mean, because all I want to do is just talk shit. I just want to talk shit. That's all I want to do. And then even, okay. So much easier and more fun. You know what I mean? And even, and especially right now, because it's not even, it's not even like Democrats, Republicans. It's like, they're all, but uh, again. And can I be real? I mean, you've mm. pretty much gotten this to the point where you're talking shit until so there's that. Like, you're, you're I'm talking. I'm about to talk shit through this. <laughs> yeah, so there's no, that. I know, I know. No, you've gotten it down to a science of like walking the line. Like you and Johnny Cash are walk, walking the shit talking line. The shit talking line. Hey, where's the Democrats? Where's where's the people talking rational? Where's where's Mickey? Where's where's, the, Goofy? where's, where's the Goofy? Where's the characters? Where's, the characters? where's anyone good looking in politics? Well, guess what? We finally, <laughs> finally, finally got one. All right, so I have to admit I'm a little conflicted by this week's selection, but I can't deny its positive feeling for the most part. So I want to say, yeah. so this could potentially be called for the most part. Okay, maybe we should permanently change <laughs> You know what the I title. mean? Now, if you haven't heard, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez defeated 900-year term House Representative seat holder White 
man, Joseph Crowley uh, in the Bronx, New York. The guy was touted as being the next Democratic majority leader, a.k.a. new Nancy Pelosi. He was like the fourth. Did you say in there that he's like he like, you know, how they go top Democrat. That's all weird to me. That sounds weird, like top dog. But he was fourth in the line of power. Oh, he's fourth. Okay, so, yeah, because he's like the he was like on the board. He was like the head of the Democratic like convention or whatever. Very, 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 very powerful. Very powerful. Very powerful. And in 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 the game for a long, 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 long time. Now, I couldn't find any, like, outstanding problems or issues, or he seems like a perfectly just, you know, establishment man yep. about town doing his politics and just doing whatever. So, no one expected him to lose the nomination. Well, move over, Whitey. The wind is a-blowing and it's <laughs> blowing inwards. When I heard Ocasio-Cortez first won, I thought, wait, what? Wait, What? Did she defeat some, like, Republican? And did this Latina lady, like, is this going to be exciting? But it's just, it's a little more complicated because it's it's not about that. It's within the actual party. And it's actually become a little bit of a conflict. So the shakeup within the Democratic Party, for me, was a little questionable. She is one of these people who follows the Bernie doctrine to some degree. Do, wait, do we know her age? Is she in her 28. 20? Yeah, she's in her 20s. She's 28. Um... She follows the Bernie doctrine to some degree and also, like, is a little whippersnapper who, in our opinion, doesn't really give Nance Pelosi the respect she deserves or her forebearers who paved the way for her young ass to get exactly where she Including is. Including the guy that she knocked out. Right. Which, okay, you're running against him. Like, that's fine. Yeah. But if you did. But there has to be a level of re- respect, which is, uh, you know, she's there's just a seemingly little slight of lack of respect and deference. Right. To the to the to the people who come before her, and for that, I'm not. I, I'm yeah. I'm struggling with that. Um, I do, however, like a lot of what she had to say in her yeah. in her interviews, and I do enjoy a strong waft of change that is yes. following her along with this little win. Because we deserve we deserve disruption. Yes. the same way Trump was a disruptor, and they yeah. thought they deserved it. I just want to say. Just a little that I w- what bothered me was that when they when she was asked what did Crowley do mm-hmm. if if there was if Crowley could have gone to her before she ran and said what can I do to make you happy because you're clearly running because I'm not doing something you want mm-hmm. and that and she had no answer because her answer is I wanted to run and I wanted to be the representative right. it wasn't that he she had any specific thing he had done wrong right other than he wasn't really a presence mm-hmm. that being said I do think a white man in, like in his in his 60s or, or late 50s, I think the late 50s shouldn't really be representing the Bronx and Harlem. I mean, that's just off the top of Queens. my head. The oh, Bronx Queens. and Queens. So that already, even if she had just said that, but um, I wish he just had specifics of like where he was falling down for his like constituents. That's a good point. Well, everyone is also jumping down her ass because she identifies as a democratic socialist. And people are having a really hard time with the socialist thing. And that was the problem with Bernie. And everybody's like, and people like Megan McCain love to say like, <laughs> so like as a socialist, how do you intend on changing the government and stuff and turning us all into like socialism? And according to Acasio, she said this, the definition of democratic socialist to her is, and these are in her words, I believe in modern, moral and wealthy society. No person in America should be too poor to live. Healthcare as a human right Every child, no matter where you are born, have access to college or trade school, and no person should be homeless if we can have a public policy to allow for people to have homes and food and just lead a dignified life in the United States. 
We have to help people, guys. Well, we have to help other that people. That does sound pretty good. Yeah. And, um, and it's going to cost all of us money. And we all just right. have to get generous. Right. Dig deep and get generous. Get right. woke. Don't just be worried about cows getting slaughtered for your meat. <laughs> that's, that's Start worrying right. about human beings with no homes. That's right. Now, will she act like a smug little twat? <laughs> and, <laughs> well, she's 28, so that's a given. <laughs> okay. So, and I use that in the way that the British do. Okay. <laughs> And become insufferable like every Bernie Sanders voter during the last campaign. That remains to be seen. <laughs> and the and the the socialist moniker is it's un it's a, it's unfortunate. It brand, is unfortunate. It's unfortunate branding. Yes. But the the millennials they want uh they want new branding and that's what it is for yeah. them. They don't lay they don't have the baggage with socialists because no one knows what the fuck it is except people who are like you. Mm-hmm. But. They want a different word. And even if it was libertarian or and, but they need a word with no baggage that comes in and makes them feel like it's a third party, even though it isn't. And it's it's right. actually very sneaky and good and interesting. Yes. To slide in. That's for, for the millennials. Yeah, exactly. So now as a person who has really tried to um, turn out people personally. <laughs> and is a who, very who, good at it. Who aren't part of my party. I can tell you. <laughs> It's an up at dawn, pride swallowing siege. And if she's able to do that, it should give you courage and inspiration and hope for people who are too lazy to vote or who think every candidate is the same and all the other bullshit excuses to go out and vote Democrat. So she can add the term socialist all she wants. Yeah, that's fine. Bitch is still a Democrat. And as long as people go and vote Democrat, I don't care if the candidate is a Democratic circus monkey, Democratic Green Party dick sucker. I don't care as long as they're Democrat and you have to go out and vote Democrat. And if that's the word socialist is going to get those kids to come out, yeah. then that's what it's going to take. Then that's what it's going to take. And that is a good thing. Now, I know Democrats are a little scared of it. And then people are scared about the socialism because they think she's holding a Marxist Bible. But that isn't what it is. And you need to get over yourself. And everyone, I just want to say this. And this is very important. I don't care if you're Republican listening or what. You have to sac- Everyone needs to sacrifice right now. And no matter what, from te- head to toe, top to bottom. Front to back. Front to back. Side to side. Asshole to front <laughs> asshole. Don't you're- like front to back, but... <laughs> That's right. You know. I mean, All of our jobs right now are to vote Democrat, no matter what, no matter who, no matter where, no matter, no matter. That's it. That's the only way we're going to change things. So and for me. And you can me, go right back. You can go Feel right back. to go right back once, in 2020. Once the cancer is removed, <laughs> yeah. deal, then deal with it. Then deal with it. But we are not in a position to be dealing with it now. So there's that. So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Um, thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon podcast. Go to www.patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and pay $1 a week for a whole extra hour of a non-political that's podcast right. fun, girl. Now, it's very random what we talk about. Mm-hmm. And I just want to bring up in one of the episodes, um, this was a while ago, like probably like in January or something. Julie basically reenacted the, that cartoon movie Coco, okay, for me. And she does all the voices. And this is just something we do. And it's our privacy. It's our intimacy. We do it in our real lives all the time. Bitch has done Downton Abbey. She's done Game of Thrones. I'm talking about I know front to back the whole first season, Game of Thrones and Downton Abbey. I've never watched that shit. I'll play it off like I have to fit in. I'll be like, mm, no, I, oh, my God, I love... Um, 
the guy, the hot guy who was married. Jon Snow? No, no, no. I do do Jon Snow. but By I do, the way, no, Jon Snow. Wait, what? I do the hot guy who died in the first season. You know, he's married to... Oh, um, oh, oh, the big, the, the rapist guy? That guy? For, well, then, whatever. Yeah, well, he rapes, but, he rapes the, the right, dragon Yeah, lady. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, look, but I But they know. fall in love, but yeah, they fall in love. Yeah, yeah. Khaleesi. Look, and I everyone's know, guys, into I didn't it. watch it. Everyone's I didn't watch it. I've never seen it. It's the, it's, the, it's the rape everyone wants around the world. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the rape that changed all of us. So I have never even seen it, and I'm like in love with this guy, I'm in love with Khaleesi, I'm in mm-hmm. love with the rape, mm-hmm. I'm in love with the dragon <laughs> eggs, all of it. Mm-hmm. And I do it because Julie sits while we're drunk and tells me it all and I sit and watch, look at her like I'm watching Game of Thrones so I don't have to see dragons right. and I don't have to see dumb people catching on fire and shit and just mm. weird fucking accents and stuff so basically mm. she did Coco and while she was doing it and she did it for the Patreons while she was doing it I was like well what's his name and she's like oh, I don't know I don't remember just it, Coco Guitari so, so you have to differentiate like because Coco has a dad and yeah. And there's all different Cocos or whatever. Right. Coco might be the grandma. I don't uh, even know. I don't even remember. But we called him Coco Guitari the yeah. whole time. Uh-huh. Now, now, meow, meow. Yeah. So okay. we got a lot of feedback um, mm-hmm. about that episode. Um, but there's one we really love from this chick named Amy <laughs> Allen. Okay? okay. And here's what Amy said. <laughs> Hi, Julie and Brandy. I just wanted to let you guys know that I was recently substitute teaching in a second grade class and I had the option to show the kids Coco or Monsters, Inc. I let the kids choose and I said, OK, do you want Coco Guitari or Monsters, Inc.? <laughs> the, the kids screamed in unison, Coco Guitari. <laughs> it was only after watching the movie that I realized Coco Guitari was, in fact, not the movie name, but just my subconscious <laughs> reminding me of both of you. It gave me a good laugh. Anyways, love you guys and always love when you tell your writing stories, XX Amy. I mean, that is, oh, <laughs> like it gives God, me I wish I could hear that. It gives me literal chills. It, I have chills in my legs. It, she sent that months, like a couple months ago. And me and Julie, like, we talk about it all the time. We've, I've set it aside uh. to bring up here. Like, we thought about it. We talked about it for weeks. Like, Coco Guitari. It's like, <laughs> we just made that up. It's just so adorable and sweet. Mm. Thank you so much, Amy. And I don't know really why it was so touching especially since it seems like we might be making the people who listen to the patreon like dumber <laughs> so, i was like but no they're gonna be going to like trying to find movies like excuse me do you carry coco guitari <laughs> and possibly dragon flying fire people and people are like what oh yeah rape the rape heard around the world rape that one <laughs> do, you have um, to carry that? yeah which episode of game of thrones is rape heard around the world so but it did it really did we like thought it was so sweet and it made us really happy so um if you want to be part if you want to be dumber and mm-hmm. part of our patreon franally then go over there and join you can listen to a few free few ones two free ones yeah. and see what you think yeah i mean i think you'll get hooked i really do hopefully we, <laughs> we you hope know. you do yeah we hope you do i mean you know when you're working out when you're like doing the dishes apparently it's people listen to it while they're working while they're working <laughs> which is my favorite <laughs> that's like the most common one that's so fun. But tell tell everybody where you're performing so we can end this shit. Oh, uh, <laughs> come to see me in Orlando, Florida, July 13th at The Venue. Tickets available at purplepass.com slash Orlando. And then we're going to do our live podcast. We're, we're doing our live podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see us do our live podcast, <laughs> you should come to the Portland Queer Comedy Festival in Portland, Oregon. And you can just look up Portland Queer Comedy Festival online and all the shows. There's like a million. She's got like 50 queer comics and all yeah. these different shows. And if you're and straight, don't you want to be cool at a queer thing? That's right. And lots of straight. And Brandy's going to be hosting the straight show. 
So you got to see that. That's going to be very exciting. <laughs> That's going to be very dead inside. It's hey, guys, be- I don't like being looked at. Your next performer <laughs> is straight. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, it's going to be you can't miss that. That is the that is the not to miss show of the entire weekend. And no, you to see Julie stand up. <clears throat> we're doing um, our live podcast. I'm doing I'm doing a stand up show. I'm doing two stand up shows. Actually, I have to do two shows. I'm doing one where I'm headlining and one where I think um your co line. I don't know. Three-lining. Something. It's yeah. like a multiple comics on. You know what? It, yeah. There's like a brunch show or some shit. You know what I mean? All right. So check it out. Um, and as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Roy Black, Oh bitch. my God. <laughs> gay and dumb and black. Day Roy and Black. <laughs> How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful hand in hand. He's just a little broad dine because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet Transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme And maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty groovy Or if you want something visual That's not too abysmal We could take in an old Steve Reeves movie I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, It'll all seem all right I'll get you a satanic mechanic I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Right. Or maybe a bite right. I could show you my favorite obsession I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan, and he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite. So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause.
but not the symptom.